This is Jane Hardwick-Collins, founder of the School of Shamanic Womancraft. Connecting to our inner dimensions. Inner reviews of transformation. When and how my life changed. Rewilding women with their stories of growth and transformation. Reclaiming feminine knowledge and power. Thank you for joining us. This is important and deep, serious work. So welcome to the podcast series. I am Ayla Myra, your podcast host and story guide. Big welcome, 2019, Georgian calendar, whatever that means to anyone. We've already cycled through some epic transformations in 18. Looking forward so much to aligning. Uh, It's been a while since the podcast came out and as you can imagine, holiday time and all of the greatness of showing up and wisdom seeking And here it is. So we recorded with Mel in early December. And it's a beautiful insight into what connection means. And a lot of work that Mel does now is around connection, deep connection for all ages. So you'll see what that means when you have a listen. And she talks about her Victorian Australia Four Seasons journey. I'm so glad to be back in the swing of this show and thank you again for listening. Please leave your iTunes review. Enjoy. This is a fantastic show and we will see you soon. Hi, Mel. Welcome to the School of Shamanic Womancraft podcast. Thank you so much. Hi for being on the show. And you uh, journeyed with Victoria Four Seasons Journey in the amazing Otways in 2017. Nim and Grace. Nim and Grace. And your journey into this began in 2012 where you, would you like to just tell us um, about what happened in 2012? Uh, So, yes, in 2012 I had what I would call a peak oil crisis where I realised that the way that we were living was not going to continue being that same way and and our lives were going to change quite a lot. And I ended up quitting my job. I was working in a school as a nurse. Um, I ended up quitting my job and my house and my car and going woofing, going travelling, uh, which which took me travelling for two years for Malcolm Ringwald for a quest, um, quest protector and seven levels of quest training, 
which is in this incredible place in Yukai that was super magical. The morning chorus was just to die for. So in this magical place, we were cooking for about 100 people for, I don't know, seven days. It was this epic, epic journey <laughs> with Talia and Cherie. And, um, yeah, and she had just finished um, maybe her second or third, I'm not sure, Four Seasons Journey, um, and was telling me about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, I can't really be bothered travelling all the way up here all the time. And, and then she said, oh, no, 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 they're running one in Victoria. And I was like, whoa. And my income was not huge <laughs> at that mm-hmm. time. And I came back to I came back to Melbourne and um, and realised that the amount that I had been paid for, like, working for a month was going to be a sufficient, well, a significant part of the tuition for a Four Seasons journey. And I was like, whoa, okay, this feels very alive. And then I, yeah, I emailed um, Nim or I guess it was Nim or Sequoia and I think they were away on a, on uh, they were all away and so it was like two days or three days before it was about to start because we're starting the next weekend (laughs) (laughs) and hooked it up and like the night before I figured out a lift there (laughs) so it was like whoa that's what often happens with me things happen right at the last minute and it just all flows (laughs) I love it unexpected beautiful chaos which (laughs) serves itself for you in your life (laughs) (laughs) and did you feel that strong pull like you just were like yeah I've got to keep going with this got to keep rolling with it this feels right this feels right yeah yeah some really beautiful conversations with Talia over that week um yeah it just felt oh yeah this is the time actually and I didn't think this time would come I don't know how many years before was that five years before um yeah so mm, curious and how was it for you with all the lead up entering into that space uh, for the first time considering like how you felt as Mel back then in your life um, stepping into that space? What was that like in retrospect for you? Yeah, it was funny. I And a theme that continued through the whole time was belonging and um being part of our, our um, animal was the bee, so being part of the hive and belonging. And I identify as queer, so being in a specifically women's space was at times challenging. Um, so, yeah, there was belonging and there was this strange, like I'm quite an outdoorsy person, so I was like in a <laughs> – I was in just sleeping under a tarp and – People were all worried about snakes, and, <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of, somehow I became like this uber hardcore, <laughs> um, I don't know, outdoorsy person, more exaggerated than than I am in my usual life, and that was interesting. Like I don't know, stepping more into my Artemis or something, and yeah, so that that was interesting. It was an interesting journey. It was a beautiful journey. It was a journey of real softening and, and the circle. I, I miss the circle so much. I miss uh, all the stereotypical or cliched um, words about 
everyone else's journey is your journey and like being in circle and hearing all these other women speaking who who could you know they're and they're learning through their experience and knowing that that could experience that experience could so very easily be mine and not um because we're all so unique but uh, it was incredible to sit and and learn through everyone's stories and experiences mm. and who was showing up and how and why and so when you s- speak of that do you feel like that's connecting to that deep need for us to be in circle and you know everyone's journey is connected to ours and that you know you miss are you saying that you miss that sort of need to be in circle and to connect and to do your own healing and to listen to the stories of others and that necessary part of what circle can bring for everyone deep intimacy and sacred space for stories to be shared deep deep intimacy in knowing all of these people and their stories that are told straight from the heart and you know into this trusted into this yeah container this woven web this hive (laughs) the bees (laughs) yeah it's interesting there were two of us two melissas there and yeah Melissa means honeybee, and that's my that's my full oh, name. Does it? Wow. Yeah. Or and the Melissa are like the priestesses of the bee. Mm. And did the bee yeah. become really strong for you during the journey? Yeah, and continued so. Um, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. I had some special moments with bee. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things. That, so for the listeners that um, when you go through the journey, you sort of connect with an animal that um, you could call it a power animal or an animal that you connect with or journey with that um, brings you messages, um, uh, healing and learning and growth and that type of thing. Was there any other animals or any other guides or anything in particular that you feel like you could share that you connected with? Yeah. Um, so we had we had the bee and Freya were our, I don't know what you call them, not totems, but um, I guess not quite, anyway, guides for, for our whole group. And I had a tiger who I had an ongoing relationship with in my underworld. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, there you are. Oh, so mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I've I've since... Yeah, I have have deep connections with trees and, yeah, many beautiful trees in my journey, especially on my quest. I had all these sisters and all these different trees who had different beautiful characters and things to tell me. Well, well, that's interesting. Does that really resonate with you in the work, especially in the work that you do now that we'll talk about later, that deep connection Mm. to the story of the tree and the tree is that sort of played out in your connection with trees now or your relationship yeah yeah and it's been an ongoing like yeah I love trees (laughs) I always have I think yeah it's a place they're so solid and their roots go so deep and they they're there and they're kind of watching what's going on around them they you know they can move somewhat but but there's so much action going around them and they 
an incredible home for so many different species. I had an incredible experience in New Zealand, I think it was earlier this year, um, with, uh, with uh, Antarctic beech trees who grow here as well. And they are from Gondwana kind of age. <laughs> and that's, oh, I am in love. <laughs> and just experiencing, like walking with them on a medicine walk and um, oh, just they're, they're just so solid, roots down, branches out. And like I, I would love to be a tree. <laughs> I would love to be an Antarctic beach if I could. Anything. I'm just looking it up now. It's good. Is it the Lu, Lu, Lophozonia morii? Is that the one? Antarctic beach. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. So it's got like the, the kind of little, little teeny leaves. Yeah. Lots of little teeny beautiful reeds, leaves and lots of moss around them. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. 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 Rainforest. Yeah. Like looks like you could just go snuggle up in the moss in the little gaps where the roots are coming out. Mm. Though you'd be quite wet, but yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's interesting. It's really and kind of skipping ahead, but do you really use that as your medicine when you um, bring the gifts of nature connection to people with the trees? That's what I aim to. <laughs> I aim to be grounded and centered like like a like a amazingly rooted big old tree mm. but um often I'm quite flighty <laughs> and fun I have a lot of yeah fun energy mostly I'm spending time with kids so yeah yeah so yeah I don't know dancing in the bowels of a big tree mm. maybe yeah that would bring the groundedness though wouldn't it just being you know calling in that wisdom and Still feeling yeah. held by the tree, yeah. Even though you're dancing yeah, and yeah. you're, you're totally, yeah. We need to be held by something greater than ourselves for sure. For sure, yeah. There's so much. Um, oh, there's just sometimes they bring me to tears. Trees, you know, the the wisdom yeah. and um, when you deeply find this space of paying respect, you know, to their lineage and their growth and. Um, yeah. I don't know if like woodwork, you know, like how we can really just deeply appreciate um, creation from that tree. You know, it gave its life for creation, and um, sometimes I just get so like this real deep kind of grief come up around mm-hmm. the trees and how much more we can put gratitude into um, mm-hmm. their life and how they give their life. And even just spending time with them, I had had a very strong experience when I was in California with a tree wanting my attention and like actually (laughs) poked me in the eye and it happened two nights in a row in the same eye, the same tree. And I was like, whoa, okay, someone's not paying attention here. And when I'd chosen that spot to camp, I was like, wow, admiring the tree. And then I'd gone off both days totally elsewhere and, and the tree was like, "Oi, come back I'm to here, me." I'm here. Yeah, I'm here holding up your tarp. You need to actually spend some time with me. So, so I'm a lot more. Um, I don't know. 
attentive to where I camp and I try to spend more time with the other species around me. <laughs> Doing some good integration work. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go blind yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> really, really need to pay attention yeah. to this one. And I, that's probably your grounding, isn't it? Like just get a stab in the eye from a tree and it's like that will yeah. knock you back on your feet and yeah. pull you back down. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. Deep breath. Okay. Slow down. Yeah. That's some good medicine. I love, thank you for sharing that. I just, yeah, there's some good medicine there. I can already see it. What a, what a beautiful connection to have, you know, with our elders. Mm. Mm. So, so tree witch, Mel. Um, (laughs) The other thing I like to sort of going back to your journey um, and how was it? We've talked about with other guests before, the, the making of the drum is a very yeah. deep and big process. Did you, yeah. did you feel like sharing part of that journey with how it was for you? Yeah, I've got her sitting here actually ah. with me, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so you can. Uh, hello. Hello. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my drum is so beautiful. Mm. I, yeah, yeah, I had, yeah, <laughs> I had a specific kind of image in mind, I think, of how I wanted to create it. And, um, yeah, it was interesting. I, 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 I learned about myself that I, kind of go go hard and fast and um and uh, what do I want to say well well when yep, you were picking yep. the skin go back yeah. to that moment and maybe tap into there was was it like you just knew what you wanted went for it or and how does that relay yeah. into your birth story and, yeah 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 so there was, yeah, picking the skin, um, yeah, there was a beautiful one with some spots and some lines and I, some scars. Yeah, and I'm not sure that I went that that deep into choosing the skin, but but I very quickly was, you know, industrially industriously putting the holes in and cutting it all out and being very precise and then. Yeah, and then when it came the next day to assembling her, I love actually that because before assembling we were we soaked the skins in the dam, and I love that there's actually still in my drums some bits and bits of dirt and probably leaves and random bits from Nim's dam. <laughs> oh, great! Like yeah. still in my drum, like pressed against the, the hoop. Mm. Um, yeah, so when I was making my drum, I was making it really tight and I wanted it wanted I wanted to make it really well and kind of feeling kind of competitive and ugh, all the stuff that, you know, not very grounded and wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you know, in a in a sacred way. Um and then <laughs> and then my ring, so the model that the yeah, the way that we were making it had a ring. And I was doing it so tight because I wanted it to be really good and have a great sound. My ring broke. 
And I was like, oh, oh. shit. <laughs> right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just had to pause, which was excellent. Pause and breathe and reassess how I was doing this. And then um, I called one of the one of the apprentices over and Sarah helped me. Um, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's all right. There's other ways you can do it. And I was like, yeah, actually, I don't. I don't want to do the only way. <laughs> this like sacred rebel that came out in, in Lilith <laughs> later on. Um, yeah, I want to do it my way. And I had this image of um, I'm very connected to the Eight Shields um, work in America. Um, yeah, I really wanted this eight eight pointed thing. And I did the maths, and it was going to work, and that was exciting. And then I created this yeah this beautiful webbed kind of pattern kind of actually, funnily enough, looks like a tree with branches coming out. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and, and like cool. a, a chunky yeah. heart kind of sensual um, bit in the middle. So I'm pretty proud of myself. Mm. Yeah. I'd love to uh, – I'll link everyone up, but if you could have a photo of it yeah. to share and I'll put on the show notes. Yeah. So I'm really intrigued now. I need yeah. a visual identity of that one. And, and actually um, – it's funny, it still has the the blue tape from um, when we soaked them in the dam to identify them. So it says Melissa Clare on it and it it felt like <laughs> that was my, you know, when I was learning about it being a birth story, it, um, it felt like that was my tag when I was born in hospital. And when I was born, um, I was preemie and was taken away um, from my mum and put in a like, in a humidity crib, but like with all the little babies separated. And so that night, I, when my drum had been birthed, I tucked her in super close to me and slept next to her all night long. That's so I love that. <laughs> I'm just getting all like yeah. goosebumps when I hear yeah, that. Yeah, and I feel really oh. sad for my mum because, yeah, I was mm. born. I was her firstborn, and yeah, little and whatever, and and you know, I was rushed off, and then Dad went off following me, and she'd like just given birth to a child and was alone, <laughs> so far out. That's, mm. that's so yeah. sad. And did. Did you, does she talk about that? Like, did you have a chat with her before did, the I journey? Chat, I did have birth? a chat with her. Um, and she's had five kids. So she's got all sorts of stories <laughs> and, and all sorts of stories that are kind of, um, they haven't moved, they haven't changed. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and I, it's something that talking about, all of her birth stories with her, I think, yeah, opened a door to potential healing around some of that stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I found the similar with my mother. I don't think she's ever, anyone ever asked mm, her in the not. whole 36 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she just kept saying, I can't believe I remember this. And then she was just going on and then more was opening up and, 
it was, it was almost like this kind of self-healing process because she just had a chance to be heard to finally debrief about it. And also what I found was like, you know, my mum still had some phrases that a doctor had told her or someone had told her that, you know, were blaming and shaming her. And I was like, um, you know, there's other ways that this could be framed. Like actually it's not your fault that you tore and actually, you know, that's uh, – you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Mm. And do you feel like that connection played out in your, that sort of connection that she had with your birth played out in your life anyway, that you may have thought that something was, you know, I was doing the wrong thing. Well, that or, was actually you know, with one of my siblings, not a... I think. Yeah. That's okay. A yeah. Birth story. Um, but yeah. for me, yeah, I was really, I was overterm and prem. <laughs> so, you know, mm. procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, and did, what did, did you find the process with the drama and the birth story really like aha moments and you felt safe in those moments or was it confronting or intense or can you describe that? Um, mostly I found it really beautiful. I really like creating and when I create it, I pretty much do it all at once because I other, either, either I do it all at once or I just start. It's like, there's a, you know, like the pile of books that's like a meter tall beside my bed. Like I start lots of things or I like do it and finish it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, so you Yeah, I've crocheted twice in my life. I've made two beanies and I've never done anything else ever. <laughs> kind of thing. That <laughs> word. Like, yeah. 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 So it's like I've done that process. Um and you you really immerse yourself into it. Yeah. yeah. And and it was but I also like I I did it quite quickly. I didn't actually realize that we had the whole weekend <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was like fiddling with the bits and yeah, and bringing yeah. more meaning into absolutely everything. And and um, yeah, I know that you interviewed Joey, so she was in the background strumming, and that was really beautiful, making up songs. And it was, it was, oh, it was just so beautiful sitting out there looking out over the old ways. It was incredible. You are listening to the School of Shamanic Womancraft podcast series with Ayla Myra. Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. Yeah, it's an incredible part of the country, the Otways in Victoria. Um, it's such a lovely space to do that work that you guys do for yeah. the year. So what about, um, did you resonate well with uh, like the archetypes or the ancient stories or any of that wisdom and especially going into the work that you're doing, um, which is really connecting into that ancient wisdom um, through nature? Was there anything that came up for you um, particularly or did you resonate with that sort of stuff or you're like, oh, maybe not into that or? Um, I think like at the beginning I didn't. I didn't love the the goddess survey because it was a bit outdated and a bit. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, it took me actually. I, I did it wrong, and then I <laughs> I got them all wrong. I don't. I can't remember how I did it wrong, but it was like this really obvious way that I, of course, I would do it wrong. And then it took me till the next session to actually like figure out that everyone else did it this different way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't even like whole complete bunch of different goddesses now. <laughs> Um, yeah I guess I don't know it was pretty affirming yeah like I got a super high score on Artemis I'm like oh yeah yep that makes sense yeah I'm queer and I am outdoorsy and yep that sounds about right Mm. yeah um yeah I I really resonated with looking at the moon a lot and the seasonal stuff because I guess that's what I'm quite attuned to anyway and yeah the moon phases I so love watching the moon um and the other stories yeah I I the dark moon gathering I loved I loved meeting because we had we had all the um apprentices being priestesses and to give stuff away um symbols and I did really enjoy that. They create an incredible, deep, powerful space. And then we went into like this cave kind of space and I loved it. And I, I kind of realised that that journey that I'd gone on in 2012, that had been a deep, the be- perhaps the beginnings. I don't know if I'm out of it yet. I think I might be, maybe. <laughs> the beginning <laughs> underworld journey. <laughs> yeah, so reflecting on my life through that. Yeah, that resonated. Mm. yeah and some some of the stories yes yeah yep things when they're told in a more more feminist kind of way I appreciate it yeah yeah so you know tuning into the work that you do now um when you stepped out of it when you um as they call it I guess graduated and stepped into yourself beyond the four seasons journey tell me about your work with fire keepers and um mm. how you hold this space and tell me all your wisdom about it <laughs> my wisdom <laughs> well, I, <laughs> one of the, one of the wis- most wisdomest things <laughs> <laughs> that i can say is um that i uh, am curious and that is how one might gain wisdom perhaps <laughs> just being mm. open and curious yeah so you're driven by your being, natural being curiosity yep. yeah 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 that's actually one of the names that I wanted to call fire keepers but it was taken oh, <laughs> yeah they probably funny. had to pay like exuberant amount of money to buy it off someone who yeah 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 those clever people that when the internet came out just bought up a whole pile of like really cool yeah. domain names and then sold them <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I came out of my vision quest two days or three days later. Um, myself and Claire Dunn and a whole bunch of awesome people who help us organize firekeepers stuff. Um, ran our first wild by nature village camp, (laughs) and so I went into this incredibly sacred solitude fasting (laughs) to like I don't know how many 80 people or something on the biggest scariest thing that I'd ever done (laughs) oh 
Yeah, feeling your sister. That was epic. <laughs> that was so epic. And yeah, being responsible for these people when you know the week before I'd only had to be responsible for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that was it was a really big part of my transition into stepping up to leadership, I guess in in this community and yeah co-creating a village which has grown and is epic and beautiful and awesome and far out yeah there's so many things that were limiting me beforehand and it's not just the four seasons journey but that certainly helped to allow me to step into being of service to my community yeah and so what does that look like tell me about it what do you do Oh, I do. Sorry, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. Okay. So I'll, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> what 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 does this look like as a firekeeper? Tell me. <laughs> so it's called firekeepers because uh, because I believe that we need to and it, many cultures have this still burning, like reconnecting ancient ways and um, land-based, nature-connected ways of being for future generations. And our, you know, our First Nations people of this country have incredible, incredible history and connection. And um, so, yeah, helping helping all people to... um, reconnect with their their natural self reconnect with nature reconnect with community and yeah reconnect with themselves so so I run um workshops and nature clubs I've been running a a homeschool nature club for the last two nearly three years um weekly which I love and (laughs) some of those kids have been coming the whole time and I it's just so wonderful to watch them learn and develop and challenge me far out. I learned so much from them. It's incredible. Oh, I bet. And, yeah. oh, and, and, and they, you know, we've learned together over the, that time and I've become a better mentor over that time through them. And, mm. and um, I've, so I've also been running holiday programs over that time too, but that's less continuous with the kids. So I'm looking forward to making other ways of having continuous connection. Um, and I've been doing adult nature connection programs with Claire Dunn called Rewild Fridays, which, you know, learning traditional skills and learning, deepening our awareness and our sensory awareness and our nature connection, like um, skills like a sit spot, or it's not even a skill, practices, core nature connection practices of having a sit spot connecting into a place and going there every day or as often as you can and watching things change and deepening our relationship with the other species that are there, all sorts of things. Um, Yeah, we do a lot of blindfold work, which is fun, and that's what I did on my closing, on the closing gathering as my gift. I helped expand the other mermaids' connection. Um, Yeah, I love blindfold work. It's awesome. So you mean um, going like through a process, you blindfold a person and then they have to tune into all the other senses bar sight. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Yeah. And so they like yeah. maybe wander around 
either with someone holding their hand or, or yeah. shoulder yeah. or yeah. or like just like walking around trying to hear a drum and trying to get to the drum oh, and wow. like you know feeling the the energies of of you know trees or other people or trying to figure out if they're in danger like if there's a hole in front of them it's not always that scary but you know mostly yeah. it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I bet. And is it every a lot of people do you have always walking out with their hands in front, like in that kind of Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah, that's quite sensible. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> like ah I always feel like there's shadows in front of me and uh, it's good. Tuning into any, yeah. Does anyone get quite confronted by it when you work with that sort of Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bring and triggering. People, yeah, people are more, I think, scared of it before they drop in because, yeah. yeah, you take away your sight and, like, it's our main sensory input as humans. So when we take it away, it does allow everything else to to heighten, but if we're not grounded, then we can just, yeah, be scared. But, mm. I don't know, being grounded, you can tap into your fear as your intuition and... Mm. Yeah, but yeah, it does sometimes it takes a while, and you know we go gently with people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm. that's a beautiful process. And then once you you know you tap into that, I could see it becoming quite something that you could do just regularly in your life, I guess, to really tune into those other senses. Yeah, you know? totally. I have a friend yeah. who has spent the whole day blindfolded in his house. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even you know, eating dinner with a knife and fork, blindfold, like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so much richer an experience. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. A really good process too, isn't it? I don't know. Would it be? Do you do it with kids? Because that that would be pretty cool for yeah. kids, actually. To yeah, 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 we do it with kids too. Yeah. We play, yeah, all sorts of games. <laughs> yeah, where they have yeah. to sense where people are, and including fun ones with like a water pistol where you get yeah. if you get felt or sensed then you get squirted with water <laughs> cool no, it, do you do no, that with the adults yeah that would love you yeah, cool yeah 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 the parents <laughs> love it <laughs> yeah but yeah that's a that's one of the things that um come up for me uh with this I guess the conditioning that we have as adults but that kind of rewilding or reconnecting that nature-based play is um it must be really great to see for you adults playing like and really letting go back into that like child space again. That's one of my favourite things actually. Yeah. Getting getting people to play and reconnecting with their inner children. That's seriously one of my favourite things. I bet. Uh, I think it's um, like I see it as a very deep connection and intimate friendship level process to have like I really miss it there's one friend that I have that she lives away now but we would play pranks on each other all the time and like wrestle (laughs) and you know it was was such a good relationship to be able to play like you know little cubs or something like that and then yeah yeah. and I, I just see how deeply important that is for adults to still play yeah. and, and the imagination too like I <laughs> there's nature play week which is an incredible week 
Um, mm. And mostly it's for kids. And I ran an adult nature play session, <laughs> which was so awesome. Yeah. And we like, made fairy houses and all this stuff. Uh, and, you know, in yeah. doing something like that, you connect in with the intricacies that are everywhere and all the beauty that, it, like, that we just pass by. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty joyful. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I could imagine I can just, I'm kind of getting a bit of a visual too of like what you'd be creating and all these adults kind of just like running around with their tongues out their mouth or something <laughs> and saying, look what I've made and tinkering and just not having any conditioning or agendas or, you know, yeah. as hard as it is to break out of that mold once yeah. you do. Yeah. Um, then it's, that's the wildness that comes yeah. out and the liberation and the freedom and the connection. and Totally. Um, you've tuned into nature because yeah. you are it and with it and rolling with it and flowing and, yeah, that must be just so awesome for you to be holding that space and facilitating yeah, it as a special. human being. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not yeah. all play. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, play's yeah. awesome. It's, it's also, yeah, skills like learning how to make fire by friction yeah. with, you know, a stick and a board and, yeah, and weaving yeah. and all sorts of skills-based yeah. stuff as well. Have you got any – I know you've got a video that we can share on the show notes, but do you have any video of yourself making fire with um, by friction? I don't think so, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Or any photos? <laughs> or? Yeah, photos for sure. Yeah, lots of photos. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. all right. We'll talk later and get you to share them. I'm just really intrigued. It just sounds really um, uh, really opening, I guess, for people too mm. to expand. It's expansion, mm. I guess, isn't it, you're offering too, that yeah, time and, for, yeah. Sorry, yeah. And, and yeah, go. the <laughs> other main part of what I'm doing, speaking of expansion and connection, is uh, co-creating these wild by nature village camps which, yeah, happened, the, the first one happened straight after my vision quest. Um, and the community that he's building is so beautiful. We have a team of, like, I don't know, 30 or more crew and volunteers and mentors that come together to create this space. And then um, all of the villagers turn up the next day. And, oh, I'm just so in love with this community that is created that has been created this village and and all these relationships and connections and it's it's kind of it's like it's birthed it's free and it's like running <laughs> and growing and developing and it's so wonderful all ages come like we have elders and babies and a kids program we're gonna have a teen program on our next one and it just feels so real and important and oh I'm I really something that I know that we really need deep inside of us to feel connection to in a, in a village of all ages and yeah all diversities that's the exciting thing yeah well I oh, thank you I love that whole sentence and bang beautiful I love it yeah it's just what we need this is what we need yeah. this is this is essential life yeah like yeah. Our, all, all the problems that are going on in our world are so disconnected from nature and from each other and from ourselves mm. and yeah 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 I don't know if you've read that book um braiding sweetgrass oh my gosh uh, yeah I thought you would have <laughs> I love and I <laughs> 
I love oh, me too. So, yeah, I listened to the audio book and I was uh, got into her just whole dreamy voice. Yeah, I would love to listen just... to the audio book. Mm, stories, yeah. stories, so many more stories. I want more stories. Uh, yeah. yeah. And there was one part I do resonate with that always uh, when she spoke of, you know, gratitude and what mm. if we came to conflict with mm. connecting our gratitude with nature. So like connecting our gratitude with the water that we have yeah. and thanking water and thanking the trees for providing life and thanking the soil for growing and mm. you know what if we went into all our big major huge conflicts and she's I just always remember she said everyone's always going to agree on the gratitude yeah. you can't actually go against that yeah. because it's providing it's yeah. it is you know and yeah <laughs> yeah totally mm. yeah. so before we wrap up um, you told me just before you're you're assisting with yeah. Queer Quest, yeah. which sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, tell me about it. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I think I learnt about Queer Quest through these incredible people in Boulder, Colorado. Um, Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Anna and So from um from queer nature and they yeah they connect they do what I do basically but just with queer people and allies so LGBTIQ lesbian gay bi trans intersex queer all those sorts of people under the rainbow Mm -hmm. I am one um yeah doing survival skills and reconnecting to nature because often people who are queer have been told that they're not natural and and um, sometimes the story within nature and biology, although it's not true, and also within, you know, masculine, feminine, new age kind of spaces, um, queers are on the outer and I felt sometimes like an edge walker, but that was okay. It was good to, to walk that. <laughs> um, mm. So this year I had the opportunity to go over to Colorado and do a queer quest with Ruth and Pedro from the School of Lost Borders, which, you know, the incredibility of sitting in circle with women in my Four Seasons journey um, with half the people, so there's like only 10 of us participating and more time to share and that everyone was queer and had all of these stories and we were all different ages too. So, oh, far out, so many incredible stories. Um, yeah, and then to go out for a fast, um, it's a little bit different to the one that is um, run through the School of Shamanic Woman Craft, um, and obviously it's for queer folk, self-identified. So, oh, yeah, so I'm super excited, the excited and exciting probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. I feel exciting. Um, the the my our guides are coming over. Um, <laughs> I say our guides because I went with my partner and we nearly broke up during this thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. Twisting with your yeah. partner is an interesting experience. Anyway, we're still together yeah. actually getting married. But um, next. Wow. <laughs> so cool. But yeah. Well next, done. I know. We made it. Next March, <laughs> yeah. they're coming to Australia and we're running the first Queer Quest in Australia. Oh, my God. So exciting. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we'll put the details on the show notes for sure about that. Um, What's the dates? Uh, The 18th to the 28th of March off the top of my head. Yep. That sounds good. Let's go with that. Yep. (laughs) So are you, so you'll just be like assisting at the time you won't go back in and quest again. You'll just be kind of holding the space. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, as a volunteer, holding that space and just being so honoured to be in circle and hear those stories and help people reflect back. So, yeah, they make intentions and kind of claim who they are as a as a queer person, a rite of passage for queerness. Oh, oh yeah. I, I can just see like when it just takes me right back to when you were saying about the imprint that is attached around queerness mm-hmm. is that it's not natural mm. and how that's probably carried through mm. um, and being able to actually step off your, like you said, you were going, okay, well, I was okay with that and just like it was like on the edge and da-da-da, but actually just throwing yourself into why does it have to be like that mm. um, and having that safe space, again, mm. that container mm. to explore it and to share stories and to, yeah. um, holy moly, like that. <laughs> is so important and I can I can feel why you're excited because it's exciting me yeah Um, yeah 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 yes yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and like the work of queer nature and um stuff that I've done with them uh through youth passageways looking at rites of passage um talking about queer people and third gender people in all sorts of nature-based cultures um, and Indigenous societies, like actually they weren't shunned and they weren't invisibilised or, you know, killed or whatever. They were actually crucial. They were like the shamans. They were the midwives. They were doing, they were the counsellors. They were doing all these roles that it's harder to do if you're like raising kids or whatever. And yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's incredible oh, to yeah. to learn that. It just opened my yeah. eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, bang on. Um, I feel and I've done work around this with mental health and the mm-hmm. same thing. It was revered in cultures mm-hmm. and yeah. it still is yeah. um, when we sort of shun and lock people away. Yeah, totally. you, there's something wrong with you. We'll go put you away or drug you or do something and pretend you don't exist. Absolutely. Um, where these people, we're missing out on so much wisdom and Make learning you. and openness and yeah. that it's just, yeah. yeah. So, oh. Cool. Thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm really curious. I'd love to see more about it and spread it out on the show notes too because this is, again, it's it's important work. It's like the work that the school does. Mm, absolutely. It's necessary, important work for us in, the, in our humanness and growth and openness. Yeah, totally. So what I like to ask yes. is before we wrap it up, yes. this might put you on a bit of a spot. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with that. No, I shouldn't have, yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so considering the people that haven't journeyed, what little bits of wisdom or advice or something that you would like to say to those people? Oh, <laughs> if you're oh. <laughs> – when I have friends that <laughs> tell me that they're thinking about it or that they've, 
they've just started, I oh, I have so much love and joy and excitement for them, for uh, for the journey that will be their own, but for the journey that I know is so incredible, and for that experience of connection, uh, of being in circle and and exploring, journeying those dark places and those bright places and oh I I wish for people who are thinking about it I wish them not to rush it that if it's right it'll come in its own time and oh (laughs) and yeah to trust in it if it feels right go for it yeah and good luck Mm, thank you (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's funny um it's kind of like when you know someone's pregnant mm. for the first time and you're like seeing them and you're like yeah totally because <laughs> sort of you feel their excitement yeah you know and I remember my excitement before the journey what it was like yep. um that kind of feeling you know it was really it was this kind of like you know lovely excitement exciting feeling mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for sure yeah, yeah, thank you. And what's your website? Firekeepers.com.au or just .com? Yeah, .com.au. Yep. Yep. So firekeepers.com.au. Everything else that we talked about is in the show notes. Thank you, Mel, awesome. Melissa, Claire, yes. for gracing us with your presence and sharing all your amazing stories. And maybe we'll hear more from you. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Thank you so much for, yeah. <laughs> wanting to share people's stories it's such a great idea so awesome yes yeah yes medicine yes, absolutely for more information on today's inner review with photos and how to connect head over to school of shamanic womancraft.com forward slash media forward slash podcast Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. We are all in this together.